So then, the first case of African swine fever in Asia occurred back in August of last year in China's Liaoning Province. The sense of alarm grew, though, as the virus spread rapidly through the continent. 159 cases reported to date, including Hong Kong, spreading as far as 2,000 kilometers within the space of a month.、Uh, and during the period, over 100 million pigs died or were culled in. China causing pork prices to rise by 47 percent from the year before. We're now just dealing with the beginnings of our own outbreak. So, against that backdrop, let's welcome in Vincent Terbeek, journalist and editor at Pig Progress, who specialises in the global swine business. And good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning.、Uh, good evening from the Netherlands. I mean, you are in the fairly unique position of charting this outbreak right from the beginning. Can you update us、uh, about ASF spread?、Uh, well, you've given a good overview of what happened、uh, in, in a nutshell in your introduction. It's been in Asia since 2017, even because the virus also was present in、uh, in in Asian part of Russia, so to say. But that didn't alarm many people until it indeed entered Liaoning Province in,、uh, in the north of China. Ever since, it spread to ten countries off the top of my head, including China, Mongolia,、um, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Burma,、uh, Myanmar, of course, North and South Korea. I think I have them all then. And the Philippines、uh, also recently, so I don't think that it will end there. You recently travelled to China to attend the Animal Disease and Biosecurity Forum. I understand. What was discussed during that opportunity?、Um, well, I attended VIV Qingdao, which is、uh, an international trade show, and it had a side symposium also dedicated to health and、uh, biosecurity. It covered a wide range of topics, not only African swine fever, but also other things like. General biosecurity, for instance, and one of the things that was also remarkable was a,、uh, uh, I think, Chinese professor who discussed how to deal with African swine fever, and、uh, he had some other insights as to what、uh, in Europe professors would、uh, would recommend. The frightening thing about African swine fever is the risk of contagion, and is the fatality rate among pigs relatively high in Asia? Is there any difference there? Well, essentially no, but it depends which kind of animals contract the disease. It's both possible to, that the animal, that the, the virus, occurs in wild boar, and it, or it occurs in domestic pigs. They could be held in farms, in, in sophisticated farms, but also in backyard farms, and that's what's making the difference.、Um, what you see in Europe, and well, most recently also in, in Belgium, for instance, that's where it occurs only in wild boar, and although it raises a lot of alarm with people. When it is in wild boar, it is possible to contain it there. But when there is a lot of backyard farming, there's a lot of contact between wild boar and possibly backyard pigs, and that's when how it occurs into the domestic pig area. And、um, that's one of the reasons probably why things have been、um, pretty bad in China. But I think, in theory, the situation could be as bad in Europe, but people are more aware. That's probably why it's behaving differently in Europe and in Asia, but it's not related to the virus at all. It's related to human behaviour. I understand. So it's not、yeah. necessarily the case right now about mutations causing further alarm, but that is obviously always a fear with these outbreaks. That is something for a veterinarian to decide. I'm only a journalist in this respect. I, I keep track of the, the outbreaks, but、um, whether or not there are any mutations. As far as I know, I haven't heard of it, but I'm not a I'm not a veterinary epidemiologist. No, and I appreciate that.
But but what I would like to um, speculate with you on, and I'm certainly not an expert either, is on the means of transmission into South Korea. The the Ministry of Environment here declared last week that the likelihood of transmission through wild boars was low. But that does mm-hmm. seem like the most obvious explanation be- still, uh, because you've got first infections here near the border with North Korea. What uh, would be the other ways of getting it in there? I've never been close to the demilitarized zone. So I don't know how well this is protected, whether it is possible for boars to actually cross from one place to the other or whether there's not possible, not even for for a fly to, so to say, to fly from one side to the other. I just don't know the situation there personally. But I could imagine that it is well fenced off that no wild boar is physically capable from going from one place to the other. It so, depends uh, where where they are because we so, so we occasionally have people crossing over that that part of the border and 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 we can't rule out the possibility. But I just wonder if it wasn't wild boar, can ticks, for example, spread from host to host across the border? Would it be more likely to be a food source for the pigs? Um, I think they would be related to whether or not they are with the wild boar. So. I'm not sure if they would independently cross the border, and certainly I wouldn't know why they would want to do that. But most of the time when the virus spreads, it is a matter of human behavior, and humans not behaving uh, according to what they should do. This is what I've seen in, in Russia, and probably was also the problem in China and in Vietnam. That is just human behavior, humans taking some infected meat from A to B. This is the most logical explanation usually we're still waiting for the definitive answer here and so we are stuck in the realm of speculation if it ever comes comes. can i just finish by asking for any further advice that you might have picked up through the various reports that you've done on this in terms of managing african swine fever Uh, biosecurity at the moment is the only advice that people give that can has gives you the most chance of keeping the virus out so making sure that if you have a professional farm, make, make sure it is fenced off well, that your biosecurity protocols are in order, that you make sure that there is no possibility that also as much influences from outside get to the pigs. That's the best way and the best possible guarantee, but it is no 100% guarantee to make sure that the virus stays out of the farm as much as possible. Vincent Terbeek, journalist and editor at Pig Progress, first up on the scene for us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we continue on the scene with uh, Dominique Patton, Senior Correspondent of the China Agriculture and Commodities Department, Reuters. Thank you for joining us also. Thanks. Hi. And what would your summary be of China's ASF spread and counter-efforts? Well, where to start? Um, It's now um, been in the country for about a year. Um, It's uh, reached everywhere. Um, it's all around the country. We've had cases in every single province um, and it's and it's still here. Um, most people believe that it's really endemic now, so we're not going to get rid of it. Um, so it's now just up to France to, to try their best to keep it out using biosecurity measures, as Vincent said earlier. Um, we don't see too many outbreaks being reported anymore by the government, but they are giving us um, updates every month on the size of the herd, which is declining pretty rapidly. So um, in August, they said the total herd had dropped by 
38% compared with a year ago, which is pretty huge for a country like China that has half the world's pigs. Absolutely. I mean, that, that has just so many implications. Uh, the basic economics of it, uh, the impact on pork prices uh, and so on. But um, they, they must be furious, aren't they, behind the scenes? If this is the uh, suggestion that people and mismanagement is behind the continued spread and just to accept that it's now endemic, what sort of culpability has there been behind the scenes? Um, well... They have um, gone after um, some people in the supply chain who haven't followed the law. There's a lot of middlemen um, in this country, and you know some people have been caught um, moving pigs around um, when they didn't have permits, or there have been people issuing fake permits. Um, you know, people selling pigs with the disease. But in general, I think a lot of it has just been uh, covered up. Uh, it's you know it's a huge country with a lot of players and a lot of and it's very fragmented business and it's uh, pretty difficult to you know catch everything so yeah I, I think also the central government probably didn't realize <clears throat> how bad the the situation was and how 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 out of control it was so um, but that's pretty clear to see now with prices moving the way they are. How challenging is it for you to report on the, the scale, considering the fear that the outbreak has actually been much worse than what's been officially documented? Um, yeah, it, it's very challenging. Uh, you know, we don't, we, we aren't, there aren't many of us uh, covering this area, and we don't get out to every you know part of the country, and people don't want to talk about it. So. Um, yeah, it has been very difficult. So, but we, we, we've used sort of other ways um, to kind of try and assess the extent of the the spread. We've talked to suppliers, so companies that sell feed or sell other ingredients or vaccines to, to farms, and they give us a, an idea of how bad it is because they see it very clearly in their sales. So that's been one way we've tried to. Um, assess the extent of the outbreak. And I think now the government data is starting to show how bad it is. On uh, September 3rd, so just a matter of less than a month ago, China released a notice to stabilise pig production, introducing measures including the provision of subsidies for mandatory culling, uh, the facilitation of temporary loans for breeding and and large-scale pig farms. Uh, how much of a grip is there right now on the situation? Um, they are, you know, they're really paying attention to it. They're very, very focused on improving the or rebuilding the pig herd. So um, they're doing, uh, you know, everything they can to encourage farmers to start breeding again. So I would say they're very focused on um, raising supplies, um, not so much. Uh, they haven't changed the, the measures for tackling the disease spread, I would say. So um, I think, you know, that's going to continue. But they are very, very focused on um, rebuilding the, the pig herd. But that will take quite a quite a bit of time. And a lot of farmers are quite nervous of rebuilding or restocking farms where they've had outbreaks, understandably. If you, you know, you can't be sure if you've really got rid of the virus. So why would you put new pigs back into a farm? 
so yeah, I think they're they're very very focused on um, rebuilding the herd now because prices are really getting very high. Yeah, China's National Bureau of Statistics shows prices were up forty six point seven percent year on year in August. Uh, but we've also seen China News One blaming the U.S. trade war for the further toll, and there will be efforts to look, presumably, at other sources of supply in addition to encouraging these uh, farms to uh, quickly breed more pigs. Yes, um, um, they are going to. Uh, you know, they are already opening um, more markets to imports, so we are going to see more and more. Um, countries, I think, getting approval for additional plants to ship meat to China. But, I mean, there just isn't enough meat in the world to supply China. We eat half of the world's pork here, so you can't, you know, there is only a limited amount of um, products that can be shipped from everywhere else. So it's not going to fill the gap. Well, a hugely challenging situation to say the least. I think we've definitely got that impression from you today, Dominique Patton, senior correspondent for Reuters based in China. And thank you also for being on the scene for us today. Thank you.